Hey, welcome to episode 74. That's a pretty good number, I might add, of Scar Bears. I'm Chris DT Gordon. It is fantastic to have you here with me today. And as always, I have Nate and Britton Barron with me in a technological sense, helping me with post-production and the theme music. If you want them to work their magic on your production, please reach out to them at Nate Barron. Well, folks, school's in full swing now, and we know our students are resilient, but sometimes they need some help giving, getting out of those or getting over those harder obstacles, those life-changing events or those events that might, that might seem life-changing. If my message of the attitude of gratitude or tag can help you out with that, please let me know. You can find me at Chris dtgordon.com or reach out to me at chris at chrisdtgordon.com and there's also the at chrisdtgordon there's a lot of chris dt gordons for uh, throwing around today well first of all folks i want to give a care and tech issue warning uh the the contents of this uh interview are going to involve uh, very delicate situations, including sexual abuse and trauma. And we seem to have some freezing screens. So if we're able to make this work for the pod, for the YouTube video, I do, I do apologize. We're going to do the best that we can. And if this is only for the audio, well, then just ignore what I just said. All right. Today, I'm joined by my friend and fellow speaker, Jane Epstein. Jane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, you, you just were automatically animated when I let you talk. And that's probably it. You're, you're frozen because I'm using all the oxygen. So maybe I just have to let you tell your story. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, I want to just let everyone know that how you and I met, it was through the Voices for College Masterclass where we, uh, over this past summer, we learned from Dan Fail and uh, Jessica Williams about how to be a better college speaker. What are, the, what's, what are one or two things that you took away from that masterclass, uh, Jane? Wow. First of all, I think that it was, first of all, Dan and Jess are incredibly generous. Mm -hmm. And then everybody has a story and that we can use that story to talk to other people and that college students, they can learn from us because we are we are older and we are wiser. We have been through a lot. And I just had never thought about talking to college students about my story, but they were so supportive. And so it kind of opened my eyes that maybe that's a possibility in the future. Yeah, a lot of people pigeonhole themselves because they feel that my story is for X audience and it may not work. But yeah, Dan and Jess are masters at what they do and helping us craft our messages for the college audience, which Spoiler alert, is not like the high school audience. Really? I'd love to hear the differences. Well, you know, just, just because college students think of themselves as adults. And, you know, I remember Dan saying that outright one time to me. It's like, they're not high school students, uh, and they will take offense to that. You know, in so many words, he said that. But <laughs> you, you want to make sure that you know your audience, and they do a fantastic job of helping us do that. Yes, they do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and as speakers, you and I both take our mess 
and turn it into our message. However, our messes are quite different. And the audience usually, you know, I, I'm guessing they've been with me for a little while. They know of mine, but they need to know yours. So will you please uh, take us through that? Sure. I will say that I have listened to your mess and I found it very relatable in that we were able to find some joy after what we've gone through and that there is a grief process and how we can appreciate the small things. And I found you very relatable. So I appreciate you sharing your story as well. Thank you. I will start my story. I'm going to give you the short version and my life really happened out of order. So I had to figure it out when I was about 45 years old. When I was 45, I had been struggling with depression and I found myself literally sitting at the bottom of the staircase, holding my eight-year-old son's hand and thinking, I just want to die. I really want out of this life. And I had been working so hard to get out of depression and figure out what was going on. And I was tired, but I looked at him and I knew that I couldn't do that to him. So that's when I decided to quit drinking and I started with some self-reflection and I started writing my story down. And once I started writing my story down, then it made sense to me. And this is how my story started. When I was six years old, my older sibling was curious about sexuality and he didn't have a place to go with his questions. And this is very common. He came to me a younger sibling, a younger child. I was available, I seemed safe. And it started with curiosity and he started sexually abusing me. Now I was six at the time, I didn't understand, I, didn't, I couldn't process it. I thought, okay, something is happening, something may not be right, but I don't know what, he wasn't threatening me, he wasn't hurting me. The sexual abuse went on for about six years until I was 12. And throughout that process, my body started responding the way my body's designed to respond and the touch felt good and the attention felt good. So I felt in my trauma brain, I told myself that I was a willing participant. Fast forward, when he left for college, I was age 12. The best way I can describe it is when he left, I had been awakened to sexual feelings that a six-year-old should not know and a 12-year-old should not know. And I started seeking out those sexual feelings. I started seeking out male attention. I needed it to be, to be, feel like I was a human, to feel like I was worthy. And that just kind of continued me into a spiral of anger and depression and shame and promiscuity. The promiscuity took me down a path of, I became a stripper and stripping actually created a moment of power for me. I found my power back and I felt pretty. Men were giving me money. They were talking to me. And through stripping, I met my first husband. I had noticed him in the club and he'd come in and he'd tip me and he would leave. And one evening he came up and he tipped me and he said, you look like the kind of girl I could take home to my mom. What are you doing here? And that was my opening. I said, you always tip me and then you leave. And he said, okay, I'll stay, I'll stay. So I remember finishing my set and I raced in the back and I freshened up my makeup, put a breath mint in, changed clothes. And I raced out to greet him and he was sitting at the bar drinking his usual drink. And in that moment, I crawled, crawled up onto the bar stool next to him. And I knew, I knew I was going to marry this person. Mm. And so those people who have had love at first sight experiences, I had one of those love at first sight experiences. And 
we did have love and we did get engaged and we got married and there's a lot more and we can, we can delve into all this. And throughout our marriage, I had stuffed the childhood sexual abuse away. I knew it was there. It would nag at me, but I had put it away. Didn't talk about it. And so we got married and then I started pushing him away and started trying to sabotage the marriage, not understanding why, but it didn't matter because he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer and he was terminal. Mm. And this is where I kind of share your story when I heard your story, because when he was diagnosed with cancer, I was immediately awakened because I'd spent so many years numb in pain that I didn't have any feeling. But when he was diagnosed and when he passed, it's like my heart was ripped wide open and I was forced to feel and I felt joy. There can be joy inside of grief. And that's where I learned my lessons of not sweating the small stuff, the, the lessons of gratitude, to be grateful for green grass, rainy days, sunny days, sand, snow. And when someone cuts you off in traffic, I thought, oh, I can let that one go. So that was a really beautiful gift that his death gave me. And it also taught me how to let people in, into my heart, really let them in. And I was able to get married, remarried, and we had two beautiful children. But that's when the triggers came back. That's when the memories came back. And I didn't understand it because I was depressed. And I thought I'm depressed because my marriage isn't perfect. I'm depressed because we have two toddlers and it's exhausting. I'm depressed because I still miss my late husband. I thought it was sexual abuse. No, that couldn't be it because that wasn't a big deal. That was just two kids being curious. So that's my story in a small, in the small scope of the smaller story. (laughs) There, yes, there's definitely, there's so many layers to it though. You know, I know you said it's, you know, there's the, the short version, but I do want to go back a little bit. So and I, I have to get this out of my head. Your first husband is probably the only guy on earth who can say that the stripper really likes him. <laughs> You're right. You're, You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, so guys don't, just don't you know take that as an okay sign you know it, it happened before it happened before it's not going to happen again but what was it that drew you to him because you know that like i said it's you know that that is an odd place to find the love of your life yes it is the second love the first love of my life i got the second one downstairs yes. <laughs> so i i will say that you are absolutely correct as a stripper, I don't see the guy. I would only see the dollar bills. How much money can I get out of this guy? That's the truth, guys. Sorry, it is a business. I'm very spiritual. And I truly believe that God put Mark in my life for those exact reasons. Mark took me off the stage. He taught me how to dress. He got me back into college, taught me how to cook, taught me how to converse with people. And then he gave me the beautiful gift of finding myself through his death. Now I'm not grateful for his death. I'm not grateful for that experience, but I'm grateful for what I've been able to learn from that experience and take from that experience. So I'm very mindful of that because someone who's in the thick of grief, they're going to say, how can I be thankful for the loss of my, the love of my life? It's what I learned from it. So I think for, for me personally, I think that it was a God thing. Okay. Yeah. And I, I am on the same wavelength as you 
and that I don't ever, you know, I, I couldn't have wished for flesh eating bacteria. You know, no, no one wants that. I mean, I joke and say, hey, this is the best origin story a comic book fan could ever ask for. No, please don't, you know, please don't think that I'm serious about that. That said, it's given me so many things because of the fact that A, survived it and B, yes. the lessons I've learned from it. Yes. And what you're able to do with it now is, mm-hmm. is amazing. I love your tag. I love your, 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 your vision, your, 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 your positivity and your story. It's, it's amazing. I mean, once I listened to your whole story, I was like, wow, there's so much more there than I realized. Again, thank you very much. You're very generous, Jane. Well, you're a runner after everything you've been through. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when, you know, what's your, uh, your present, your, your your second husband's name? Steve. His name is Steve. Steve. Okay. So when you were starting to feel those feeling, you know, feelings of those negative feelings when you were with Steve, I guess, you know, was there a part of you that was, you know, hate, not hating yourself, but was angry at yourself for doing that? For doing? For, for feeling those, those feelings that, uh, that you were feeling with Steve, you said you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you said you were feeling uh, not neglected, but you had those, the, those feelings of depression. Right. I, I think that there was some, some, you know, cause I thought, what is wrong with me? I am a stay at home mom. I live in a nice suburb, suburban area. I'm married. I've got two great kids. What is wrong with me? Why can't I be thankful? And I really was projecting a lot of anger onto him. And I was blaming my depression on him when in reality, because I had so much shame and so much hidden inside of me that I hadn't shared with him. He had no idea about the sexual abuse Mm. that I wasn't known. And that's why I was so depressed because once I started sharing my story with him and taking those layers off and I became known and accepted for who I am and for what I've been through, that's when the healing really started happening. It's interesting. You use the phrase known, you know, when you refer to talking about your past. And I, I think that's, very illuminating because we we are i mean we're basically shells of you know consciousness and but you can't see past the the outer layer right and so you never like and you never know what exactly someone is going through unless they share it with you and so i think it's very beautiful you said that you were you made yourself known to him yeah yeah they're yeah. And, and I, and I, and I recommend that because we carry so much inside of us. I was, I was on lockdown and that's, a, that's exhausting. And he would say things to me and I would say, you have no idea. And he would say, you're right. I don't have any idea, you know, and I could, t- I could write my story down, but I couldn't talk about it. So I would write some things down for him and I would say, okay, warning, warning. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. T- let's talk about that writing to talking again, what time, when did you start writing your story out or journaling? Sure. I started writing when I was about 45, 46 years old. And that's really when I started writing from start to the finish, I'm still finishing. I'm not finished. I'm still here. Right. Mm -hmm. When I started writing, 
I thought, oh, my life is like a Rubik's cube. It really happened out of order. And when I could put it back in order, I thought, no wonder, because I shouldn't have been so hypersexual. I shouldn't have been a widow at age 34. And I, you know, and I started looking into the science of it and they say, writing it down really, really helps purge it. It really does. It's hard. It's painful. And sometimes you can go back and you can read it and think, oh my gosh, should I write that? Did I really live that? But I think it's very healing and I, I do encourage it. So you said the science of it. Do you mean the science of journaling? Yes. I've gone back and I've researched that. Oh, it's, there's actually a science to it. There's actually, it actually does work. It's actually healing. Mm-hmm. And so now do you, uh, do you do, do you have like a diary where you write dear diary today? <laughs> I, I burned those, you know, I, I did something, something. And then this weird guy had me on this show. Um, or is it, you know, I guess is it because I want people to understand that when you, you know, when journaling is not always has to be dear diary, but you know, right. how would you journal? Here's the honest truth there where I have the most success. They say it's better, best to take your hand, a pen and journal it down, but I have terrible handwriting and I have a short attention span. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in my head and it wants to come out so fast. I can't get it down on paper where I've had the most success in all honesty is I open my laptop. I open up a document. I close my eyes and I just type, I just type. And if you're right. And and if I'm having a tough time starting, I'll just say, blah, 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 blah. I'm supposed to be writing. And sometimes it takes three to five minutes to get in there. And if I'm honest, I've been kind of crazy busy for the last six weeks and I haven't journaled in about six weeks. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that, I mean, because you haven't journaled in six weeks, is that because you're just busy or things have been going pretty well? I would say both. I, I it's a great question, Chris, because honestly, I've been doing several interviews and maybe I'm journaling that way, getting it out that way. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that actually takes me to my next question was, you know, we said that we were both uh, students of the Voices for College master's class where did you find that shift from just writing it down to speaking about it? I think because I've been speaking about it for a while in that if I go back, I started writing my book and I started working on a children's book and then someone was interested in my story and I started sharing my story with them. And so I've been speaking it for a little while now. And I think the the college class where that where that really had to focus me was I have a story, but how can I help others through that story? And I think that's where I was able to tie in the grief of sexual abuse, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, if we go to the present now, what are you doing with your story? I know I've, I know as of this recording, yesterday you did your first live interview. Yes. which uh, I must congratulate you for. Those are not easy. Thank you. <laughs> especially your first one. So besides uh, doing interviews, like for me, what, what else are you doing to share your message? I am writing my memoir and that's been very healing. And I've, I've heard that I have an interesting story and that hopefully it will help others. And I'm really focusing on advocacy. I am an advocate. Number one, I'm an advocate. So I'm a moderator of a Facebook group for survivors and we get message requests 
all the time. We get membership requests all the time and we get to, we have to sort through those and see who's going to be a good member, who's not. And if not, where can we send them? I get parents requesting all the time. Mm. So I'm able to say, Hey, this isn't a good fit for you, but here are some groups for you. And here are some resources for you. And I'm bringing about awareness about sibling sexual abuse and child with child sexual abuse, because I can, because I'm healthy, because my husband's supportive because I've been able to forgive my brother, which I don't preach to everybody. You have to forgive. Everybody has their own journey. So that's what I'm really focusing on is my advocacy. And I think that that's the gift that I've been given as well to be able to do that and to be able to give back. That's, I applaud you, Jane, not only for your, your bravery and your fortitude to share your story, but also to step up for others. I appreciate that. And I'll be honest with you. When I started coming forward, I thought my story could be about grief because I'd lost my first husband. And I know, I know grief very well. And we all experience grief. And I kept getting this tugging that said, no, nope, that's not your thing. And I said that that can be my thing. And then I thought, okay, fine. I'll start talking about sexual abuse. And then I kept getting that tugging. Nope. Nope. It's got to go deeper than that. It's got to be sibling sexual abuse. And I remember thinking, oh no, that can't be it. That's just no way. And I started Googling sibling sexual abuse and I thought, well, nobody's talking about this. And I thought, well, why do I have to be the one? And I just kept getting that tug. And anytime I want to stop, it's right when I start getting another message or I come in contact with someone else that, no, this is what I need to do. And, and in the beginning, I could barely say sibling sexual abuse. I could barely say the words molested. And now they roll off the tongue quite easily. And I have to remember that I'm okay talking about it, but society isn't all quite ready for it. Yes, but I think that we've learned in many ways and in many instances that you know society may not be ready for it, but it needs to be. Yeah. Unfortunately, 40% of sexual abuse is child with child and sibling sexual abuse. Mm. So it's a big number. Yes. There's a lot of shame involved with it. And and I was talking to someone today and as a parent, when I look at my kids, if I think about them getting cancer or brain cancer, because I know friends who have gone through that, I can't wrap my head around it. I, I can't, I can't go there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's similar to sibling sexual abuse as a parent, you look at your children, you think I can't go there. I can't imagine that happening in my home. So it's, it's tough, but I won't stop. <laughs> and so we talked about how you're, you know, you are an advocate for people. How can people find you? How can they reach out to you? Absolutely. I would love for people to find me because I've got groups, I've got resources, and I want you to know you're not alone. My website is complicatedcourage.com. And then Instagram is Jane underscore complicated courage. And I'm very open. Re reach out to me if you need resources or books. I, I'm a book. Well, you can tell I'm a book addict. So I've got lots of resources and I'm a member of a group that has 1400 advocates. So if I don't have it, I can ask them and we can find it. That's awesome. And we'll definitely put that information in the show notes. Anything uh, coming up for you in the near future that you're excited about? Uh, kids are going back to school in person. Yes, the that is a little nerve wracking. Uh, you know, they're yeah. not psyched about wearing masks all day long, but I think just getting back into that routine it's, and seeing other people, that will be good for them because we live in California. So they've been home for a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, we I'm in Minnesota and yes. they the kids were in school for the most part of the 2021. They were wearing masks, but 
you know, they still had the, uh, the luxury of going to school. And so I'm hoping by the time people hear this, they, they have the same blessing of having their kids go back to school. Yeah. So Jane, um, before I wrap things up, I have to ask you my last question. What is your favorite dinosaur? The T-Rex. And why T-Rex? One, because I can spell it, the shortened version. That's number one. And number two, because they're just so cute with their little short arms. <laughs> it's a good thing they're not around to, uh, to take a front of, to that. So, yes. <laughs> it's, all, it's a whole balancing thing, you know. But aren't they, don't they eat plants? Oh, no. T-Rex? No. Oh. They, okay, they're, yeah. yeah, Tyrannosaurus rex is Latin for terrible lizard. They they are Hunch. one of the, the the most the one of the fiercest hunters in uh, dinosaur land. But they're so cute. I guess that's how you the how they're drawn. But yes, the <laughs> the arms are cute. But I heard uh, what I I heard someone say once that even the t the tiny T Rex arm could could curl four hundred fifty pounds. Wow. Okay. I'm not sure I realized that. So I could definitely be <laughs> a good lunch. <laughs> yeah. So, so just make sure you zig and zag a lot, I guess, while you're saying oh. you're still cute. I still love you. <laughs> well, and I, I am a runner, but I don't run as fast as you. So I, I should probably train a little harder. That's all. We're, yeah. That's all. We're all training for the dinosaur resurgence, you know? So, <laughs> well, Jane, I, absolutely love you i love your story not not all that happened to you but the courage that you have to share it and especially the ability that you have to find the gratitude in it because like you said there is there are nuggets of beauty in tragedy yes and the ability that to find those nuggets is a gift and I, I applaud you for, for having that gift and for sharing it with others so they can develop that gift themselves. Well, thank you, Chris. And I, and I applaud you as well in finding all the gifts in your story. Thank you very much. So folks, uh, Jane's contact information is in the show notes below. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me at chrisdtgordon.com. You can also find me at you the youtube channel chris dt gordon or scar bears the podcast on all the podcast places reach out to me at chris at chris dt gordon.com if you want to start a conversation so i can help your young people overcome their personal bacteria increase their positivity and gratitude and make the world around them a better place please like subscribe rate review all that good stuff you know it helps share the story like Jane's that people need to hear so they can live their best life. Thank you very much. For, th thank you very much for joining me today. Please have a great day and remember to pass on perfection and go for greatness. <laughs>